0: It's a Bespin guard. Halt, strangers. Take us to Lando Calrissian. Follow me. From Kenner's Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back Collection. Action figures each sold separately. I'm Lando. Who's there?
1: Han Solo on a mission with rebel soldier. What's your mission? We're fighting the Empire,
0: and we need your help.
2: Han Solo, Rebel Soldier, Lando Calrissian, and Bespin Guard each sold separately. From Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back Collection. New from Kenner.
0: Will you get on with it?
2: Okay, okay. Welcome to Galaxy of Toys Podcast, a discussion about Star Wars toys of the past, present, and future. My name is Jason and this is our 19th episode. Joining me tonight from I grew up Star the OT curmudgeon, Tom. Hello, Tom. Hi,
3: everybody. I love Jar Jar.
2: So, Tom, you you love Jar Jar. Um, what That's changed? Great. What changed your mind?
3: Well, I realized uh, I just I just I don't know I I just went back and
2: watched the movies and I
3: realized
2: I really like that guy. He, he's pretty cool. Is it is it true that you're now going to allow photos of prequel toys on your website? Igrewupstarwars.com.
3: Oh, absolutely. I don't see why anybody else shouldn't uh, allow me to have. To,
2: to have prequel uh, items on my website now. And, Tom, do you also like Episode 2 now as well? Don't ask. Oh, Episode 2 is <laughs>
3: fantastic. About?
1: Boys, I was watching know uh, I was watching Walking Dead. I totally forgot that uh. we had a podcast. I'm sorry. I'm a total Lucky dick. Tom,
2: I was right. in for you. That's all right. Ryan, Ryan filled in for you a little bit.
1: Oh, really? Oh, I can't <laughs> wait.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: I can only I can only imagine. Actually, I know
2: exactly what he was doing. <laughs> also, also joining us tonight from JediBusiness.com, Chris B. Hello, Chris. What's up everybody? From Bendoms to the Black Series, he collects them all, our good friend Ryan. Hey,
0: what's
2: going on? And our special guest tonight from Geek Out Loud, Steve Glo- <clears throat> sorry, didn't start that over. And our special guest tonight from Geek Out Loud, Steve Glosson. Hello, Steve.
4: How's it going, Jason? Listen, I'm a fan of pulling the curtain back, so if you edit this out, I'll be really mad. Your voice <laughs> just cracked like a 13-year-old boy, man. I know. I- <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey! Uh.
4: It totally did. See, Steve, uh,
1: I-, I give everybody uh, ample time for them to make fun of me, and then I come on. And then it's serious business. Is is. what's going on?
4: I'm not through yet, Tom. Oh, okay. I'm I'm still. I've still got. I've still got hours of material on you, buddy. Nice. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Oh, Steve, I've been trying to get you on the show since uh,
4: June.
2: (laughs) I'm glad I finally found you.
4: (laughs) And that's crazy, man. Like you'd said, you'd sent a message in Facebook and everything, Mm. and I never saw it. And I even went back and looked for it. I'm like, where? Who who is this? And uh, I got an email from a listener. And he was just gushing about you guys. He's like, and they said they've been looking for you. they trying to get you on. You should get in touch with them.
0: Uh-huh. And then
4: we you had your episode with Jimmy Mack. Uh, I was listening, and, you know, at the end you started talking about me, and I was just like, oh, well, I will reach out to them then.
2: Well, I think the, me- the problem was is that I sent you a message on Facebook, and mm-hmm. if you send messages to people on Facebook that you're not friends with, mm-hmm. it goes into, like, a lost lost folder, or something. It doesn't go into your... Uh, it
4: disappears into the murky fog. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. But uh, anyways, I'm really happy to have you on the show tonight.
4: I'm really happy to be here. Looking forward to talking about some Star
2: Wars toys with you.
4: Yes, I'm I'm looking forward to it. You guys have been talking this these classic Kenner toys, and I'm just uh, nodding along every time I'm hearing a new figure. But I'm like, yes, that looked great. Oh, I love that mold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm just – I'm looking forward to, to getting into these that we're talking about tonight. <laughs>
2: Good. Okay. So remember, if you want to get in touch with us, you can contact us at galaxyoftoys at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash galaxyoftoys. Follow us on Twitter at galaxyoftoys. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Smart Radio, Podbean, maybe Zoom. I think they're, I think Zoom's going away. But but uh, why am I even telling you this? Because it's does anybody out- even have a Zoom anymore? What do you I, do. What's I, going do. On? I do, I do, I do. And you? I I listen to Geek Out Loud on my Zoom. Wow, wow, <laughs> old oh, school cross promotion. Jeez,
4: that's right. We were talking about Tom being the OT curmudgeon.
1: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. At least I'm uh, with. Uh, Using some updated. uh, Hey, have you got your. uh, Are you actually recording off an 8 track right now, Jason? Um, I'm looking to update to one. Oh, okay. So,
2: you know, (laughs) you're probably rocking reel to reel right now, then. (laughs) Yeah, that's how it's going to go. That's how it is tonight.
4: Well, now, Tom, let's be honest. You're on an Apple II. It took you two hours to get on Skype. (laughs) <laughs> so it's like it's like you were playing Oregon Trail. You're like, oh no, I got to get over here and do something else.
1: Well, as you know, Steve, when you're trying to uh, make things work on a uh, PC, the uh, more you want it to work, the slower it goes. So. <laughs>
2: All right, guys. Uh, it, maybe it's
3: a user error. That's that's more likely.
1: <clears throat> well, the user was off doing something else and totally forgot about that. Uh, the, <laughs> he, he had a podcast to uh, join and uh, yeah, partake
4: uh, in. I was just going to say, you said the more the more you want it to do, the slower it goes. That's a PC. That's why they call me PC Steve. <laughs> the more you want me to do, the slower I go. Is that why it took us five months to find you and get you on the show? Must have been. Must have
0: been.
2: <laughs> okay. So, you know, we're going to talk about toys, as we always do on the show, but uh, since we recorded our last normal show, we haven't really addressed the uh, fact that uh, Lucasfilm and Disney have officially announced the release date of Episode 7. So I'd like to kind of just go around the room and see what everybody thinks of the release date. Episode 7 is going to officially release on December 18, 2015. I'll start with you, Tom. What do you think of that for a Star Wars release?
1: Um, I'm wondering if that one is completely set in stone, Jason. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I don't know. I think uh, uh, if everything goes right, maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll release earlier. Maybe they'll even make it to the uh, May release. Who knows? It's just hard to say. Yeah, I, uh, you know, uh, take it with a grain of salt. I mean, mm-hmm. take it with a grain of salt that they were doing, uh, you know, um, auditions uh, uh, a week ago. Also.
2: Right. Did you audition? I
1: mean, yes. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was going for the uh, carmudgeon in scene two. Yeah. I
3: thought you were yeah. going to be Jar Jar's grandson. Mm.
1: Yeah, we'll get into that a little little later, won't we, Ryan? Tom. <laughs> Tom's going to be Jira's uh, boyfriend. <laughs> god why did i even steve why do i even show up for this guys i don't care episode seven
2: whenever it comes out it comes out chris ask somebody else all right chris what do you think of the new release not the new release date it's the first release date they've really announced
5: yeah it's all right i mean you know may would have been nice you know kind of keep the tradition alive but i'd rather have it in uh in december of 2015 instead of uh, in May of
2: 2016. I'm with you on that. So, you know, the earlier the better, I think. So, yeah, bring it on. Can't wait. Uh, Ryan, let's move on to you. What do you think of the release date?
3: Well, you know, it's kind of like, oh, it's not going to come out as soon as I was thinking. But at the the same time, if they need more time to make a better movie, I'd rather have a better movie than to get it in May. If they need Mm -hmm. an extra seven months to make this be a better movie. I'm all for that. And, what would uh, be a better movie, Ryan? Well, I don't know. I mean, we don't know at this point. But you know, if you push a movie out too quickly, you know
1: we, what a better movie is, Ryan? You know. <laughs> Anything that wasn't in the prequels,
3: Ryan. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. We see so many of the, these studio films that get pushed through way too quickly, and, and they end up being crap. And uh, you know, we we know having. Movie a year of uh, of Star Wars is gonna we're not gonna have always the best movies in there, but Episode Seven needs to be good, and uh, they need to take the time into it. If it needs to be pushed back to 2016, then push it back to 2016 to get a better movie out there. But at at the same time, to me, it makes business sense too. I mean, we were looking at Star Wars and Avengers coming out in in May of 2015, supposedly. Two giant movies coming out in the same month from the same studio. That that doesn't seem very smart to me. Um and one had to move. And let's face it, Avengers is on a uh it's on a good track as far as uh where it's at in production right now, uh unlike Star Wars, so you know avengers needs to stick with where it's it's scheduled for and uh star wars if it needs more time then push it back
2: okay well you know but they're gonna release these spinoff films you think it's gonna um, mess with the schedule of those for being released
3: well i i I can't remember where i heard it where they said that part of the reason that they didn't want to push episode seven in 2016 is because they're planning the spinoff movies uh, to be each year after that and then if they pushed seven into 2016, then they'd have that and a spin off film in 2016. Or, you know, they'd have to push back the whole schedule. And, and they really didn't want to do that. Uh,
1: Ryan, it sounds like they're rolling down the slippery slope of saturation.
3: Well, yeah, <laughs> we are going to get highly saturated. Um, you yeah. know, we look, we I look d- at the James Bond franchise, and they come out, you know, even in the early days, they were every two to three years. Right. Um, you know, time to prepare you, get you excited for each movie, and. And here you know it's going to be every year it's like, oh my gosh, that's, that's kind of crazy, Star Wars every year, but I look at like at the Marvel Universe stuff, and they're doing two to three movies a year mm-hmm. and not all of it's been perfect, but honestly, so far I've enjoyed every bit of it. Haven't just seen Thor two twice this this last week. Um, I I've enjoyed it. I haven't thought they've all been the best movies, but I've still enjoyed it and enjoyed what they did.
2: To me, they could release Episode seven and the spin off film on the very same day. I'd go see them both. I'm with three. You, man. I'd both. I'd see them both three times. <laughs> all right, well, calm so. down, everybody. Calm down. I,
3: I, I would too, but I'm I'm looking at you know the right. the,
2: the average. Theater going, so which isn't me or isn't it, you yeah,
3: not me either <laughs> <laughs> Steve
1: definitely Glosson. not me I don't even remember
2: what the <laughs> what one movie I saw last Steve Steve Glosson, <laughs> your thought on December 18
4: 2015 I kind of I'm I, I hate to say it just because he's been so uh, uh full of animosity since he's come on but I kind of agree with Tom I hey. Jake, J.J. Abrams' mark, one of his marks is very much the same as like a Brian Singer. It seems like he takes a little bit longer to get his ball rolling than you would think it should take. And a lot of times things get pushed back. I think of the first Star Trek uh, that got pushed back considerably. Um, Disney also, when they bought Lucasfilm, I think they bit off a little more than they could chew because they were saying uh, in that opening uh, conference call that they did, the press press conference they did, that this was going to be 2015, summer 2015, with a spinoff movie every year after. I don't think we're going to see spinoff movies. I think that they're seeing that to get the quality in that. That's one of those things that I'm like, just hold off on that guys. Focus on this final trilogy, focus on this third trilogy and you know, go every three years if you have to. Um, the, the date of December doesn't necessarily bother me that much. It's, you know, I, I, I'm like everyone else that's a Star Wars fan. It's like, well, it should be in May, but I, December's just as good as May to me, you know, six one way half a dozen the other. But I do think that this shows the fact that they're doing cattle casting calls in November. They're supposed to, they were supposed to start filming in London. (coughs) Either, either what you've got here is a situation where they're not as prepared as I have thought that they would be. You would think by this point, if you're getting ready to start some, some principal photography in January, you would think there's a lot of pre-production that has been done and you would think that a lot of the casting was already being place. So either the casting that they're saying they're doing for episode seven is actually for some of these spin off films, or they're even gonna have to back up principal photography. Uh the 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 screenwriting situation changing hands a couple of weeks ago, just all kinds of things have kind of happened. What's really interesting to me though, if I may diverge for a moment. Of course. Is um is the is the idea that a lot of us have had the original Star Wars films, even on the soundtracks, there was included that Fox fanfare that opened up the whole thing, the 20th century Fox logo, and then you'd go silent to a Lucasfilm logo, then those blue words, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and then bam, John Williams' Star Wars score. And that, that 20th century Fox fanfare has always been as connected to Star Wars To me, for me and for a lot of other fans who've been around for years and years as anything else that is connected to Star Wars. I mean, this is connected to Star Wars to me as a lightsaber. There's been a lot of talk of, well, now we're going to have the whole Disney thing beforehand. We're going to have this. And I don't know. I think they may switch up the opening titles this way. We were talking a little bit about it off air beforehand. In Thor The Dark World, there's no Disney logo at the beginning of that movie. There's no Paramount logo anymore at the beginning of that movie. Uh, When that movie starts up, it starts with a new Marvel fanfare, uh, and the logo rolls in a little bit differently, whereas it used to to be the... (laughs) of, uh, you know, comic pages flipping down over Marvel. Now you're literally flipping through those pages as you're going through a 3D kind of setup of a Marvel logo until it finally all kind of coalesces on screen, kind of like the old Batman logo on the 1989 Batman Only Cooler, with this great fanfare. So I'm wondering if maybe they're not going to score a Lucasfilm fanfare and kind of have something similar uh, to that um, and, and not even worry about sticking Disney on the front of it, but rather just in the credits at the end. Toward the, That's you know, actually
0: a really credits. interesting
3: thing. I, I'd forgotten about this, but uh, you mentioned the Fox fanfare being uh, involved with uh, Star Wars. And I remember that with uh, with when A New Hope came out, it was um, – and I actually went back, because at that point, the, the fanfare that was used before Fox Films was just the shortened version. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was the, oh, I can't remember the exact name of it, but it was a, a specific style of film from a while back, and it was the full fanfare they'd used for that, but not for recent fo- uh, Fox Films. It would just been the shortened one until Star Wars. For some reason, they went with the full fanfare, and I'd have to look this up again and remember exactly. But then when Empire Strikes Back rolled around, uh, John Williams actually re-recorded the fanfare with uh, the London Symphony for that film, and that's actually been used for quite a long time as a Fox fanfare, is that re-recording with Empire. Yeah. So, there is a huge connection there, and, and what you say is, yeah, it will be different to not have that fanfare ahead of it, but, you know, if we have. You know, I I agree, the new Marvel logo I thought was, was pretty cool. And if they did something like that for Lucasfilm or, you know, Disney Star Wars, whatever they want to do, I I'd be okay with that. I mean, obviously we're we're heading into a new era, so if it's if it's different, it it's gonna be different. I mean, we, we know it's gonna be different. It's George Lucas isn't in charge of it this time. I mean, there's a lot of things that are different and we're and we're all gonna have to accept some change. Um but uh, you know, I we'll see what happens. If if the worst thing about the new movie is that we don't have a Fox
4: fanfare in front of it, okay. <laughs> oh, agreed. I, yeah, I can. I totally agree. I I just think that there's that this is just one of those things. This release date is just one of those small changes uh, to what we're used to out of Star Wars films. Um, you know, in two thousand in two thousand thirteen, it's that that are just going to have to. We're just going to have to kind of you know tweak our brains a little bit and get used to. So I don't think – I say all that to say I think that, that there's some bigger changes in Star Wars on the horizon with episodes 7, 8, and 9 as well as these uh, dink-dink spinoff films. Um, and and so I think that that's, that's kind of the least thing. I think it's just great that we have a, de- a definitive right now, as of now, a definitive date in which to mark on our calendars to stick a flag in to know that this is when we need to be at a movie theater.
2: And I will be there. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even care if it starts with uh, "When you wish upon a star." I I'm okay with that. To- that would see. be totally lame. I yes. don't. <laughs>
0: hey, we you that, go back juxt- that the-
2: juxtaposition would
1: send people uh,
3: <laughs> Tom into Tom, a into a lather. Watching uh, the the all the extra Star Wars stuff the other night, uh, and we, we watched the Muppets episode, the Disney uh, the uh, Star Wars Muppets episode. Yes. yes. And at the very end, they sing "When you wish upon a star." With I sure do. Right after that's Ron the Muppet Campbell, Show. That, Ryan, up. I
1: I appreciate what you're saying, but that's the Muppet Show.
3: <laughs> Watch <Okay>. it, some
1: <laughs> I have nothing good, that, nothing against the Muppet mouthful. Show. <laughs> nothing against the Muppet Show, boys. I I love it. I mean, come on. I got stupid puppets on. I grew up Star Wars. dot com.
2: Give me that, a break. That episode's canon because Luke Skywalker appears in it. So that's true.
4: That, As does his cousin Mark Hamill. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Who
2: knew that
1: those two were related?
4: Exactly. <laughs> All I right. The show, so they look nothing yourself, alike. I love the running joke in that episode where they keep because this was that episode actually came out before Empire. And um and and he was wearing his Best Ben get up and they kept just remarking about I'd love that outfit. Who's your tailor? Like that was the running joke in that episode. Whenever they'd see Luke for the first time, I would love your outfit. Who's your tailor?
2: And that was Good one stuff. That was one clean-looking Bespin outfit he had on. Yeah. Wow. That's right. Cool. Well, that was before he got it
1: schmutzed up on Dagobah. And did I say Dagobah? Dagobah.
3: <laughs> Jeez, Tom. Yeah,
1: I know. Well, and, I'm. I'm, I, I'm sleepy. That's right. something. Some OT curmudgeon you are.
2: Yeah, well, you so caught me on a, a bad quick day. Quick <laughs> Sorry, I'm going back to the Fox logo stuff here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> i got the information l- here. Okay? This show is going to be longer than our holiday special. Sorry, what were you we talking about? <laughs> so
3: um, <laughs> it was the Cinescope, but uh, is the extended fanfare. And uh when Williams actually composed the music, he wanted the main title to be in the same key as the Fox fanfare. So it would be like an extension of the fanfare going right in the movie. Mm. Sorry, I thought that was interesting.
0: A... There genius.
1: you
3: go.
2: Very interesting little tidbit there, Ryan. Be-
3: being a musician and a big fan of Williams, I had to look it up.
2: So. Do you think – Oh, now that we're back to this topic, do you think they're going to consult with Williams at all about how they're going to open the film without the Fox fanfare?
3: I bet they would. I mean
2: mm-hmm. – Probably. This isn't
3: some small-time composer here. I mean, and right. it, it unlike most of the composers for the Marvel movies, sir, most of them aren't that well known or haven't been doing it for very long. I mean, this
4: is he's pretty big here, so I,
2: um They're going to have to get test audiences to test out
4: different uh, openings. Well, <laughs> I hope not. I, I do I, that that's a good point. If they if they have something different in the front, um and I don't know I don't know if Abrams is this much of a detail man with stuff like that. Though I just don't know. I don't know what kind of director you're looking at and i don't know obviously the big thing is the story you know and of course how they're going to do the effects they're shooting on this 35 millimeter which no one's really talked about that and how it's almost stupid that they're doing that um just because of uh, i know why he's doing it and i understand the, the reasoning behind it but there's nothing wrong with digital photography there's nothing wrong with filming digitally. That doesn't mean that you're, just filming digitally doesn't mean you're all green screen. It just means you're making sure that you've got an image that's not going to be degraded over time and you're not, right, have the danger of losing this film or scratching this film or that sort of thing. And, um, and so I don't, I don't know what, what his thought process may be on that, but that, to me, that'd be a smart thing to just, as he's getting ready to compose everything, and you know, he's kind of looking over the story and seeing what's going on the way John Williams does, say, hey, how about this? We also need something uh, to lead into the opening titles, you know. And what about us? A- Williams, genius that he is, will go uh, listen to a few things and put them together and make something magical.
2: Do you see that bad robot popping up before the film? Oh, absolutely. You do? Uh, oh,
4: no.
5: <laughs> no well, it's it, a production company that's uh, totally involved in everything so uh totally I expect
4: yeah. it to pop up no it'll it'll be at the end I think crazy. that I think that jJ J. abrams I do think based on what I've heard him say that he's a bit of a purist and I think he understands why Lucas did things uh, granted it was only Fox and Lucasfilm distributing and working on this thing back in 77. But that that idea continued on through. And, and I think that I think that Abrams understands that there's a certain visual aspect and a timing aspect with these with these films as they as they open up that there's I don't know if there's anywhere to to fit it. And it's not really a bad robot production. It's a it's a Lucasfilm production.
2: But, Chris, you, you expect it.
4: Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
2: We're going to actually put this a whole episode in a vault. And uh, the day after the movie releases, we'll release this episode and then we'll see what <laughs> happened.
5: But well, you know, it's an just, interesting point that Steve just brought up about the whole 35 millimeter thing because, you know, over the last 10 years that they've been doing the prequels, or not the last 10 years, but longer, but ever since '99, you know, George Lucas has been pushing that digital revolution and all that stuff. And then having his hand-picked director that he basically wanted to have involved in this whole thing for Episode 7 uh, go back and wanting to use the 35 millimeter film instead of digital stuff now. That's got to be a slap in the face somehow, I think.
4: You well, I, think? I, I just don't think it's a smart move. I mean, Tom, even you have to agree with me on this. Episode 2 and Episode 3, which were both shot completely digitally, are amazing looking films.
1: Do you want me to answer, Steve?
4: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're
1: amazing looking. Let's let's eat. move on.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, they look
2: great, Steve Ryan Ryan. They look great. What do you want from me? I I watched them on Blu-ray. Um, no, you know, I, last year, and, and they're, they are amazing looking. S-
1: Steve, if if they, yeah, they they look they do look great. They I don't know I haven't seen them since for years.
4: Yeah. Well, if, but if, uh,
1: if they did it digitally. Uh, episode seven, I would be totally for that as long as you know I don't care what as moving pictures. I don't just give me a um, give me one of those uh, old vintage um, uh, m- uh, select a slide viewers. <laughs> as long as there's a good story, as long as ninety nine percent of it isn't done in front of a bloody green screen, and uh, you've got some uh, worthwhile stuff going on in on that screen, I'm I'm totally fine with it. Uh, that's, please that's no thing, gungans.
4: I think the key. Or
1: midichlorians.
4: <laughs> I think the key to quote Mark Hamill is is using your digital. I don't. I don't know that digital technology has been as as integrated as well with practical effects since Jura- as it was in Jurassic Park since Jurassic Park. I think that Jurassic Park when you watch those movies they hold up because of the integration of uh, then a very early early CGI. System and, and 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 that sort of thing to now it's an overuse of CGI to where it does almost look like sometimes you're watching a, a just a really expensive cartoon and that's not Star Wars that's that's all these big movies you know in general and so yes. I think that and and so I think that if if Abrams will do a a good mixture of those things using. Using the c g i technology that we have to bolster you know the the shortcomings of some practical effects then i th- I think it doesn't i'm like you i don't i don't think it matters what you film on, but I do look at this thirty five millimeter thing as like i th- I think you're missing the point maybe you know i think I think you're getting a little too specific, which then again makes me kind of hopeful that you know there won't be a bad robot logo at the beginning
2: <laughs> all right well
4: uh I, I agree with you Steve. To talk about all let's this
2: let's go back to a simpler time when people. Weren't really concerned about uh, logos or any of this stuff, right? We weren't. We were kids. 1980, Empire Strikes Back, Wave 1 from Kenner. That's the topic tonight. The first wave of the three and three quarter inch figures. The figures now came on a 31 back card to include 10 new figures all from Empire Strikes Back. This was a glorious time for collecting toys. Or playing with toys, really, as far as I'm concerned. I put the list on the screen. I sent it to you guys. I don't know if you have it or not. But uh, let's just start with the uh, first figure on the list. Let's go to Lando Calrissian. And as usual, let's start with Tom.
1: A great, great, great wave to start with. I mean, I'm not, you know, we're going to go, we're going to knock him down as you put him up, Jason. Lando Calrissian... Great uh, great figure what can you say still going strong with the vinyl cape action right we're mm-hmm. Pretty soon, we're not going to see that for too much longer. The uh, classic uh, Bespin outfit, Uh, Lando in all his greatness. What can you say? Uh, This was most definitely one of the first figures that I got in the Empire Wave, and uh, it's a home run.
2: Now, did you get the uh, smiling version of Lando Calrissian? No, no.
1: I had no idea that there was a smiling version until years after this,
2: but I had the... uh, I had the non non smiling serious Lando. And and for people listening who who may not be familiar with the variation, the uh, the original Lando Calrissian action figure, I believe it first came out with um, maybe the, the the teeth were not painted, so he, you couldn't really see a smile at all on his face. And then right some some of the variations had the teeth painted. Now I'm not positive the uh, smiling one came second, but I. I'm, I believe that's what I, that's the way it occurred.
1: I think you might not be far off from that, Jason. I think you're right. Uh, <laughs> I always remembered the uh, non-smiling version for quite some time after release. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with my memory. I'm going to say that we didn't see a smiling version for it probably until a few waves into the empire strikes
3: back
2: ryan lando calrissian
3: yeah um sounds like like the rest of you i started out with the non-smiling version that's what i had as a kid i don't remember exactly when i got it but it seems like i've always had it and when i discovered there was a smiling version years later i was like oh it kind of makes sense i guess but uh yeah it's a well-done figure um still with that vinyl cape i think of all the vinyl capes i have on my original figures that lando one is still the most intact uh it it still looks good. I guess I didn't take it off of Lando often enough, like I did with Ben, uh, Vader, and Leia, or something. But uh, yeah, I, it's a great figure.
4: And Steve, uh, I, unlike Tom, I don't remember a version of of that Lando not smiling, um, which I, it just goes to show you how differently some of you know some of the our collections were. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about variations in the Kenner lines until you know the, the internet came around, and then I'm like, oh, and so with the the lando i've had for as long as i can remember has that smile on his face and while i'm not looking at that actual one i don't think i can see it from where i'm sitting um just about all these other figures i can just kind of turn my neck a little bit and i'll be able to kind of catch a glimpse of them but um it it was lando you know this was he was the new character in empire he was the one that, that who is this guy what is his history with han you know is he a bad guy is he a good guy even after everything has kind of you know gone down you're still wondering is did he betray han is this what was his deal why would he do this is he how can he say he's his friend and now he's wearing his clothes and mm-hmm. and, all stuff.
1: <laughs> and so, driving his truck
4: yeah exactly hey hanging out with his dog right um, <laughs> but it it's cool and i really like Lando's gun is, is one of the first, the, the gun that he came with is one of the first, uh, guns like that, that I really remembered by this point. And understand, I was three when Empire came out. I vaguely remember going with my older sister and my mom and some of her friends to sit in the theaters as, as this was going on. I loved Star Wars even then. I do know that much. And, um, and, and so any of the figures that I had handed down from an older brother or, or that I had actually been given as a kid much too young to be playing with figures like this, I guess. Those guns were gone. And so this is one of those guns that, as I, as I look back, somehow it, it stayed in a case somewhere and I had it. But I always remember it being like one of the more unique uh, accessories that came with the figures at the time because they all seemed to look like the Han Solo gun. Um, the, the, the pistols did the blaster pistols, unless it was the Leia blaster. But, um, this one had a much more, Eh, almost a buck rogers look to it it seemed to me it was you know that pointy little look the very slim line but it's lando and and he's cool and of course i ripped the vinyl cape to shreds back in the days
2: (laughs) yeah these vinyl capes really didn't last long um yeah like you i you know how you were kind of unsure about maybe whether lando was part of the team or you know a bad good guy bad guy i was you know i remember my grandma i remember vividly getting this figure at a kmart and My grandma bought it for me. and I remember asking her, is he a good guy or a bad guy? Cause I had to know like to who to put him with as far as the other characters, because I remember watching the movie and it seemed like he did bad things and it seemed like, um, Leia and Chewbacca were angry with him for most of the film. So, but, um, my grandmother assured me that he was one of the good guys who may have made some wrong decisions. She was right, Jason. <laughs> she was, it was. She was. She was right. Yeah. Yeah. But um, another thing about the blasters, um, starting with this wave, Kenner stopped using black plastic for the for the blasters and the rifles and started using a bluish a bluish color. And I don't think anyone's quite sure why. It's uh, they're they're quite different when they once they get to Empire Strikes Back. Have you noticed that, uh, Tom?
1: Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Interesting that you uh, noticed that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I I wonder why.
2: Yeah. I I really do. Did they run out of black plastic? I think Gus. uh, We were talking to Gus Lopez before, and I think he said something along that line about uh, not on our show, but off off air. He was wondering if they had run out of black plastic or something.
1: Very interesting. Mm
2: -hmm. But
1: then again, you know, some of the uh, if you look, you know, at the uh, crossbow and stuff in the light of uh, Chewbacca's. You know, he was one of the first figures. It's kind of gives off a little bit of a bluish kind of tinge there, mm-hmm. kind of greenish maybe.
2: So who knows? Who and, knows? And Steve, you said you, you tore off the cape. This is one figure that even without his cape, he's still pretty much just as cool. I I think he survives fine without the cape.
4: Well, he's rocking semi puffy sleeves. Um, they're, they're not quite the <laughs> puffed out pirate sleeves of a Lobot, but uh, but they're semi puffy, <laughs> and and he's you know he's got the. <laughs> is does he I'm I'm looking at a picture online right now. Does he have like a almost a medallion around his neck? Uh it's just
2: no, it's just the... That's Maybe. his popped
4: collar, Steve. It, I can okay. see where you would
2: where it would where you where you could almost think that, but it, it is well, let's just think the he's got a
4: collar that goes down his chest a yeah. little ways. I mean he is he is the smoothest man in the galaxy. The that's boys cool. on best of the, the Jesus. <laughs> the boys on bespin
2: had some style say that three times fast anyways a very cool figure moving on uh princess leia organa in her bespin gown tom yes i'm not wearing a bespin God damn. <laughs> come on guys too much
1: <laughs> jesus too much nyquil yeah um <laughs> what can you say about leia bespin i was you know i was always amazed at the uh pattern that was on the vinyl cape that she wore yeah i always wondered to myself how did they get that on there when i was a kid i i thought this because leia for me didn't have a whole lot of or this leia in particular didn't have a whole lot of play value she had she just kind of stood there you know mm-hmm. uh for me but uh still a great one couple of variations that I'm sure you'll get into, Jason, but uh, I did have the non-turtleneck version of this particular figure. Not one of my favorites out of the line, uh, or this wave of figures, but uh, definitely definitely a strong one. Chris?
5: Yeah, I never really liked this particular version of of Leia, and I never had the figure, and uh, I I have a complete set of Empire figures in my collection now, but except for this particular figure, it's just I never really had the urge to... To get her, mm-hmm. yeah, I I guess I'll pick her up at some point just to have a complete set, but um, it just never really appealed to me. Ryan, uh,
3: yeah, I've had I've had mine again since I was a kid. In fact, I remember this is one of the earliest figures I had where the head popped off and. Uh, My dad, being the person he was, well, we're not gonna buy a new figure, you know. We're gonna glue the head back on, and whatever glue we had, it was just this giant orange glue or whatever. (laughs) And so, um, forever, my that layout as well as a couple of my early figures, as uh, they they had like this this rim of orange crust glue at, at the neck area from being, the heads being glued back on. I can't say that she got a, a whole lot of, of play value necessarily. As you guys said, I mean it's not a real action y figure and even in the movie, uh, Leia didn't she didn't really do much in this outfit. She just walked around and looked pretty for the most part. All the action stuff was was done in the Best of Escape, or the, the Hoff outfit without the vest, basically. So but but it's a really nice outfit. I know uh, this is one of the few outfits that nobody's ever done a, an actual 12 inch of, uh, in any form. Sideshow, Kenner, Hasbro, or any of that. I mean, Kenner had planned one, but they ne- never made it. And it's, it's, I find that kind of interesting because it's a really, it's a really cool outfit for, for what it is. But, uh, my question for you guys is, do the rest of you have a problem with this figure standing at all? Mine's always been kind of the cape kind of
2: helped it stand up sometimes, but it would always want to fall forward. Have you guys had that issue too?
1: Nah, I think you're
2: right, um, uh,
1: Ryan. Yeah. yeah,
2: mine actually just falls. I I have mine on a stand, like a figure stand where you put uh-huh. the, with a peg. But uh, pulling her off the stand, she will not stand up. She falls backwards. Backwards, time. really? Every time, huh. unless I like move her arm. Nope. I cannot get her to stand up. Oh,
3: that you is know, weird. Are you Think fa- she's
2: been hitting the Nyquil like I have been. <laughs> are you familiar with the variation of this Leia, Ryan? I know there's
3: the the turtleneck and non turtleneck. Mine's the non turtleneck mm. version,
2: and that's just a paint variation, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, just out of curiosity, do you, did you display your Bespin Leia with her cape uh, folded back, or 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 um, folded up where it's like over her, her head?
3: All of my figures that have capes have it non-folded. The cape isn't folded. It mm-hmm. just goes around the arms and it just sticks up. And, you know, I I've, I know the figures came with it folded down, if I remember correctly. And I guess for some reason as a kid, they, they got folded up. Uh, maybe it's because taking them off and putting them back on that just didn't happen and I just let it go. But, yeah, I've, no, I've none of my figures are displayed with that cape folded
4: down on top. <laughs> Steve. Yo, uh, Grandma Leia, because <laughs> I like <her. laughs> because I'm telling you the the hair sculpt and the 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 well the cape looks like a tablecloth from somebody's grandma's house. That's what it always <laughs> looked like to me. Um, and and the the way the the what do you the thighs are are remote mm-hmm. for that skirt kind of thing. I, and it just she always looked like a lot older than what Leia should. But here's the the ironic thing here is. Is this is my favorite outfit she wears in Empire and, and you know if you take away the metal bikini it's my favorite it's my favorite outfit she's ever in in the rest of the in the rest of the movies I just for some reason I've always thought she's so attractive in in her bestman up I always just again look I had toys to play with toys and and here's the thing Leia is one of those people. There are a lot of people talk about uh, you know wanting strong female characters and that sort of thing. To me, here's here's the definition of a strong female character: if a boy doesn't mind going to the store and picking up a girl character off the peg and taking him, you know, because he knows that she's vital to the team, that's a strong female character. And I, you know, I had to have Princess Leia to have with the rest of the guys. I had to have her there, and to have the adventures on Bespin or wherever I would take them. In when I when I played with him, the cape got lost to time. I have since been able to acquire a new, a different uh, vintage Leia with the cape intact and that sort of thing. But um, I, I agree, not really one of my favorite figures, but it was one that I definitely had to have because it was Leia. It was Leia from the Empire Strikes Back, not on high.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now a lot of toy companies back then, and maybe even now, always considered female characters is not selling well that boys wouldn't really accept female characters into their toy collection. For me, Princess Leia was essential. Sounded like maybe for you she was too.
4: Or she was.
2: Yeah. Tom, what about for you? Was Leia an essential character to you for you?
1: Uh, not so much no? when uh, the first Star Wars figures came out, the first 12. Mhm. But uh, I definitely quickly got on on with the program once Empire Strikes Back uh came out and uh when oh yeah when I saw Leia for the first time I I most definitely picked her up sure. did, you,
2: did you ever know was there that you can remember was there a stigma against having female action figures because to me I, I don't remember that but do you, neither do I nope. I do not nope. remember that yeah no.
4: not with my friends no Ryan I mean, what about it you' was- of course. Now, granted, the only other line I, I never had a Tila with the He Man line, mm-hmm. um, or an Evil Lyn even with the GI Joe. You had to have Scarlet, you know, and when Lady J, you had to have Lady J. Right. And uh, and yeah, dudes didn't look at you weird if you if you broke them out and and had them going on adventures with the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that's how I felt. Ryan, what about you?
3: Um, it, it's funny because looking back, I, I realized this. I've, of all the characters I actually had every Leia that they produced uh in the vintage line as a kid. And it wasn't that I went and sought them out, but I, I ended up with all the Leia's. And I did I liked Leia as a character as a kid. I I, I she was, you know, well played with in, in with my characters. She had to be w- with the heroes. Uh she was one of the heroes. You know, let's face it. And um and there was never any stigma about, you know, having a, a girl figure, you know, in, in your collection, you know. She was a part of Star Wars as much as Han and Luke, and there was no reason for her not to be there. It, it's, you know, you look back, and it's like, that was the, really the only female character we got in Star Wars. Not that there was right. really many others to choose from. I guess you could have uh, the the Dancers, or Ula, or... uh, or, uh I'm sorry, uh, Mon Mothma. Yeah, Mon Mothma, or, you know, stuff like that, but... Mm-hmm. It, there, there weren't
1: many, many and, other oh, women in there. Mon Mothman, that was a fun figure. <laughs> that was a fun one. So and many, the... so many memories of just her
2: standing <laughs> around pointing at stuff. Yeah, her and general, Nadine, man. Well, that's right. If, and you if know, he was
3: General Nadine. Come on.
2: <laughs> on uh, if if you go back and listen to episode seven, Jimmy Mack was convinced that R five D four was a female.
0: Well, that's right, droids. Yes. yes.
2: So, you know. Um, Chris, what about you? Any uh, any problems owning a female figures in your collection? No, not really. But nope. you know, if
5: you if you go to the store and and your parents tell you, okay, you can pick out a figure, um, and then you have a bunch of you know stormtroopers or Bosk or you know a, I know a Cloud City security guard or something like that hanging on the pegs, I probably would choose that over Leia.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, let's go on to the Imperial snow stormtrooper. And that's how he's listed on the Kenner catalog, Imperial Snow Stormtrooper. I always just called him a Snowtrooper, and not an Imperial Snow Stormtrooper. But uh, Tom, what's uh, what's your uh, memory or thoughts on this figure? You've got another, you've got another
1: great figure, a a ridiculously oversized gun. But uh, man, that would have been so much better with just a regular. uh, Wouldn't that have been better with just a regular uh, Stormtrooper blaster? Don't you think? Uh,
2: uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I wow, I never even considered that, Tom. I just could I am with Ryan. <laughs> I, You're I with love Ryan? His, I love his big gun. He I'm, with, a big gun. I'm with Ryan. I, I can't see that gun separated from this figure.
1: <clears throat> well, going back to uh, uh, my friend Michael from Retro Blasting, he did a little bit of a lineup with mm. uh, some of the some of the guns. Not a whole lot of articulation, boys. We all know that vintage right, yeah. figures uh the fact that he's got his arm stri- he's got a straight arm and then you've got this
2: seven foot gun hanging <laughs> off that thing just looks a little ridiculous he didn't need to use it he just needed to carry it with him so people wouldn't give him trouble
0: right Exactly. right well, he w-
2: <laughs>
1: wouldn't have been able to shoot anybody anyway seeing right. he was a stormtrooper but yeah still a great figure i mean come on yes yeah. no give me a break Awesome. Aren't
3: the snow troopers the only star troopers that actually hit anything?
2: <laughs> Did they hit something? I don't think so. They couldn't they couldn't stop the falcon from taking off. That's well no, no they
3: couldn't stop the falcon, but it seems to me they I mean, they went right through the Rebel base and took it out.
2: I mean, <laughs> they didn't do so well against the Wampas on the deleted scenes either.
3: Well, well no, but that's a Luke, loop, <laughs> let's face it. So, okay. All right.
1: I think you're
2: being pretty lenient, Ryan, <laughs> with, with uh, the
1: uh, abilities of stormtroopers.
3: Hey, hey I, I'm saying compared to stormtroopers in A New Hope and stormtroopers in Biker Scouts and Jedi, they were the most efficient.
1: <laughs> oh, look, a 70-foot ship that's taking off five feet in front of us. <laughs> <laughs> we can't. Well, seem yeah. to hit, we can't seem to hit it. What?
3: Maybe they should just take off those
1: damn helmets. Oh, uh, Chris! Hey,
3: I'm not convinced that they actually hit the jaw with Sandcrawler. I, you know, I, I don't know if they could actually hit the broadside of it. I think
1: they took a troop transport and just rammed into it
3: <laughs>
2: because they didn't see where they were going. That was completely by accident. That sounds I
3: think. about right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's... It was an accident.
2: Chris, what are your thoughts on the uh well let's just call him the snow trooper. Yeah, it's awesome. Like one of my favorite figures as a kid for sure.
5: Um and I'm with you guys, like Ryan and Jason, like I cannot see this figure with a different gun. So I'll, i always like the big rifle on this guy. Well, uh, why
1: don't you uh why don't you try it sometime? <laughs> I think you All might right. be uh I think
2: I think you might be impressed. He could borrow IG 88s gun, I guess, because he had a spare one. Right.
4: <laughs> Steve, well, this uh, the the Imperial Snow Trooper is um, one of the reasons for years that I didn't realize that the 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 flat white face was actually more of a uh, like a cloth kind of cover that went over their actual helmet. I always thought like the whole helmet was this was this hard thing, you know. It was just a different, completely different helmet uh, because of the way the head sculpt is. Uh, It's one of the first figures I ever had that succumbed to yellowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember it, and it succumbed to yellowing quickly because, probably because it got left out in the snow one time. <laughs> and, uh, but I never thought about the gun being a little too cumbersome for it until Tom just said that. And I just had to immediately, it was a knee jerk reaction to agree with him. But the way I used to handle the gun situation is they have two handles on it. And so I would extend his arm and, and, and tuck that front handle that's closer to the, to the tip of the barrel into it and kind of have it, you know, in my imagination, it was like resting on his shoulder almost. So, mm. so that, you know, it wasn't just this. Oh, real, yeah. I can see kind. that. Mm-hmm. That, that was just my play value. And I'll be honest with you, it wasn't until I got back heavy into collecting, uh, in the early 2000s, um, when I started to have some disposable income again that I realized, that there was a skirt that went with the Snow Trooper because (laughs) mine was lost to time, probably not long after it came out of the box. Yeah. I I,
3: I had the skirt as a kid, and I always always had it with mine,
4: but I didn't understand
3: the point of it, you know? I was like, well, why does this guy have, like, a half cape around his
4: waist? It was like, i got to tell you, even as an adult, I still don't understand the point of it.
3: (laughs) That's true. It's true. Unless it's some way to, to hold some packs and keep their legs warm or something, but... Um, you know, with Tom's idea on the gun, it, it's, it's interesting when, when, with what he said, cause I thought of the, the modern Hasbro figures, all the snowtroopers actually come with the, the standard, uh, stormtrooper gun. And, I mean, they, they, they look good with it and all, and I'll agree with you there, Tom, but <laughs> when, when it came with that gun, I was like, why does he come with such a small gun? He should have a bigger gun. <laughs> so, I mean, I had kind of the opposite reaction there, I was like, the Snowtrooper's supposed to have a bigger gun. Why has he got this little one? <laughs> well,
1: don't get me wrong. It's not like I, I i surely didn't think that when I was a kid. I have recently, but mm-hmm. it, it just, you know, to throw a little, uh, little Stormtrooper blaster in that guy's hand. See how it looks. Okay. I'll, I, I'll
4: check it out, Tom. Yeah, I yeah. think
2: I will, too. I will, too.
4: Yeah. I'm doing it right now, guys. <laughs> I think
2: this, you might be uh, pleasantly surprised. This is a really cool figure. I definitely think it's one of the best from Empire Strikes Back. Next, we have Han Solo in his Hoth outfit. Uh, Tom? Han is back, and he's got that little bendy arm thing going on still. Love it. Do you think that's an homage to the first Han figure, or it just happened? No, you
1: know what, I think it's actually, there's a scene, I think there's a um, publicity still of Han in this outfit, in the Hoth outfit, kind of with his gun up to his face, kind of looking at an angle. You know the one I'm talking about? If we had if we had notes for the uh-huh. podcast, I could send you it. But, or
2: if we had an enhanced podcast. Yeah,
1: right? there's a if there's a if there was if, if you guys know the one I'm talking about, it's a production still where he's kind of standing
4: mm-hmm. with
1: his blaster. I think if this
4: guy had some kind of chat capabilities where you could send a link to the picture. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, I I'm, I'm going to try to send that. It's hard.
2: It's hard. Uh, Steve, it's harder than you think when you're running an Apple II. That's true. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. You know how many uh you know how many disk swaps I
1: had to do to get online? But uh that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is a great figure. Um no big cumbersome ridiculous looking bazooka guns for Han. He's got his little uh little classic blaster with him. What's not to like? I love this figure.
2: What did you think about the holster with the with the little loop on it? Did you ever try to like Nope. Wedge the blaster in nope. there somehow.
1: You didn't. Didn't. No. No. I didn't. You're I thought lying. that was just a cool. No. No. Really. Seriously. I did not. I didn't even. I was like I said before in a podcast previously. I I was so accepting. I just played with these things. Didn't really you know uh, steer oh, out of the uh, the normal use of these <laughs> these figures. Um, I it didn't even occur to me that maybe you could have you know stored Hans blaster by just popping one, the the you know the handle into the uh, side of the leg there
2: yeah well it doesn't Great work. idea.
1: i didn't even think about it
2: well it doesn't really work all that well
1: but i sure tried right. okay. <laughs> so i'm not missing anything
2: no okay
1: good
5: uh chris yeah same i'm, I'm with tom on this one i like this figure a lot and uh, you know fit really well into the snow speeder when i was a kid so uh really really like playing with them um, it's not really um, anything uh, you know in particular. Like, there's no like feature on it that I particularly liked about it. It's just uh, you know, I guess there's something about like having a Han Solo figure in his Hoth outfit. You know, it's just uh, just cool. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Ryan.
1: Hey guys, real quick, real quick. Uh, I I do have that picture link. Is there a way I can send that picture to you guys
5: oh, on yeah. Skype? Yeah. How do I do that? Send a link through the message system.
0: Yeah.
1: Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. There it is.
3: Oh, oh, there it is. See that? Wow, Tom, we're impressed.
5: Nice. See? We we'll use this Bing to search for stuff, dude. <laughs> <laughs> <It's just> like...
3: <laughs>
5: nice. That's my uh, that's my <laughs>
3: default browser.
1: Right. Right. But do you see what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Well, well, I thought you guys I thought you guys would be like, oh yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Well, what's what's special about this picture now? His arm is bent. Oh. <laughs> At the yeah. elbow. That's right. what I, that's what I that, that's why I think they did the arm bend thing. Okay, whatever. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> All
5: right, I but, don't know, man. That's like pretty far-fetched.
2: Whatever. <laughs> let's start a poll. Let's not. <laughs> no, pull, I don't Nope. By screw the way, polls. I don't want to poll. By anymore. the way, by the way for uh people who listened to our episode 18 where we were debating whether the Dubak had molded in uh legs or not. The uh, survey says the legs were molded in. The yeah, survey
1: says you can bite me too. <laughs> the poll <laughs> results are in. Right on. <laughs>
4: Steve. You got to help me out here, buddy. Um, I, I don't I can't speak to the do back thing. I don't. I, I it's not in my eye shot right now. Yeah. Um, but I, I always thought the I thought because a lot of the Han like as you mentioned even the first one his arm had that little bend in it and to me yeah. it just always seemed because he's the one dude in this whole crew who is always ready for action. To me, it always, his pose with the with his blaster in his hand always looked the most natural. It wasn't stuck straight out. It, you know, it's like, I'm I'm shooting from the hip. I'm a straight shooter. Yeah, he's, he's ready. And if you bend it back down to where, like, that, where his gun, where his blaster is near that holster, it looks like he's getting ready to quick draw it out. And so I just always thought that was, you know... Again, I didn't examine these kind of things when I was a kid. I just loved playing with this stuff, you know? And I will say this about the, the the Bespin Han, it is, or not the Bespin, the Hoth version of the Han Solo, it is the reason that I was surprised a few years back when there was this debate pop up about is the... Is the park a blue or brown? Because it's always been blue, people. Hello? Blue. Blue Internet. Uh, it's brown it. in the movie. It's blue. Uh, you look at that picture he just sent us through Bing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: exactly.
1: <laughs> and, it's not color corrected, boys. Calm I'm gonna, down.
2: I'm gonna say this. I have seen the uh, the little prop the prop mold. Shut up, Chris. <laughs> the pr-
0: <laughs> the pr- <laughs>
2: noted noted star wars prop collector gus lopez has the prop of this han solo and that jacket is dark blue thank you it's dark blue it is blue accept it world
1: the coat is not blue yes it it's, is it, the actual coat in the bloody movie is not blue it's brown no Tom. let's take a
2: poop no 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 <laughs>
1: Tom,
0: Steve, I wanna, Steve, I don't want to. Steve, I don't
2: want to cut you off we've anymore had this, because we've, it's not my place. We've but.
4: had
2: we've had this argument before on the podcast. Clearly, it's blue.
4: Tom, but look at not
2: everyone picture, agrees.
4: The picture okay. you just sent from the beam.
2: No. <laughs> Steve, you know what has everyone confused? What's that? <laughs> is that there's you know when Lucasfilm shows props from the movie, they do show a prop of a brown jacket, and they say this is Han's jacket. But I do not believe that is Han's jacket. I think that's just one of the jackets that was on the set. I think they they confused it at some point because I don't think the the uh, that jacket. There, there's pictures of it. They say they go to this picture from Lucasfilm. Oh, see this picture? It's clearly brown. Well, Han's not in that jacket, and I've never seen a photo of Han in that jacket. I've only seen him in a blue jacket.
3: Here's my take on it. I I, I always thought it oh, was. Oh gosh, blue. here we go. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, Tom, because I actually agree with you. Um, oh, okay.
1: Oh, Pro- uh, proceed,
3: <laughs> proceed. I, <laughs> do think it's brown um, because, you know, yeah, we always thought it was blue. And, and I, I kind of wonder if this vintage action figure had come in a brown jacket instead of a blue one, would we still have this type of debate? I, I, I honestly think we all think it's blue because of the action figure more than the movie itself.
2: Well, Kenner is canon, so.
3: <laughs> well, since since seeing the jacket in Celebration uh, 4 where it was brown.
2: You didn't see and- – right. Right, which you never saw Harrison Ford in, but you saw the jacket. Okay, Jason. Well, J- Jason. Uh, Ryan's not, not Ryan's not done talking Luke. yet. just give him a chance. <laughs> I can edit it where he's done talking though.
3: I didn't see uh, Jedi Luke, uh, uh, Mark Hamill, in the Jedi Luke outfit either. But I'm going to accept that that was the outfit. Listen,
1: yourself. boys. I'm going to say. I'm going to say one thing. I'm going to say one thing. It's plausible that it could have been blue. It's
3: blue in that. To differentiate
1: to differentiate the characters and to have Han Solo stand out from all of the other characters.
2: Okay. now let's just let's just do this. Okay. I say blue. Steve says blue. Tom says brown. Ryan says brown. What are we talking
1: about here, though? Are we talking about the movie? Yes.
2: yes. Or are We we talking about the toy? Because the toy is clearly blue. The movie, the movie. So Steve says blue, I say blue, Tom says brown, Ryan says brown, Chris break says brown. Side, break the tie. I, no, I, I say Chris both. Chris says brown. I say both. Oh. What? <laughs> because
5: oh. What happens if he comes to the set and one day they give him a blue jacket and the next day they oh, they mess up and
2: they give him a brown jacket? Yeah. Have you seen the, you seen the prop at Gus Lopez's house? What prop are you talking about, He's Jason? The, he has the, he has the prop.
3: He's the tauntaun, right? Yeah, he
2: has the prop of Han on the tauntaun.
3: Yeah.
2: It's blue. Oh, the maquette. Yeah, it's blue. It's undeniably blue. Well,
3: that is blue. I'll, I'll agree with you there, Jason.
2: And that's what they. I haven't. Know. I don't think I've.
0: Oh, yeah. I
2: know the one you're talking about, yes. and it is blue. Yes. And that was screen used. I do not think that that brown jacket that they're parading around is a screen used Harrison Ford.
3: All right.
1: Okay. Orange. Listen,
2: it's blue. Okay, it's oh. blue.
3: Here's here's the thing. I, I, I'm going to keep on this. We I don't to, care
2: anymore. We need an out. We need an out from this because we're not going to change anybody's mind. I'm, gonna, I'm,
3: I'm not change looking at the. What at the? Can we just
2: talk about the next stupid thing? Here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing. Um, when Hasbro first released their first Hawthorn in in uh, '95, yeah, and that's where the debate began because right. they had lavender coat, you know, wasn't right? It? And I right. was one of those that yeah bought an extra and painted a blue coat because it was mm-hmm. like. Because you
2: wanted screen accuracy. That's why.
4: <laughs> all right. And Steve, now- I don't
1: care anymore about this. Do you?
4: <laughs> I'm, I'm over it. I'm ready to
2: talk. Right. I'm over it, let's, too. Move on. let's move on. Let's move oh, on. Oh, fine. <laughs> all right. Let's move on.
3: Can I talk about the figure at all?
2: <laughs> um, did you even talk about the figure, Ryan? No, I didn't. <laughs> okay. what? You- give us your thoughts on the figure itself.
3: All right. Another figure I've had since I was a kid. And uh, the one thing I always thought about this, and this isn't necessarily just the figure, but the character in general, is all of the, the Hoth characters, whether it be Luke, the rebel general, the, the rebel soldier, or, uh, or Leia – their outfits all—they look more uniform with each other. And, and Han, being the rogue he is, he has something completely different. He's got parka hood on it. He's got to be different. And I think that's what's really cool about this figures. You—you could line up. I, I've heard people who use the the Rebel Soldier as their Luke Hawk before it came out or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But undeniably, I mean, you put you put your your Han in your. In uh, your Hoth dioramas or whatever, you know that's Han. You can't mistake him for anybody else because he's got such a different outfit. I
4: think that's awesome.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they I mean, he's of- got his gun belt on over over the parka. So. Yeah, yep, yeah, that is true. I wear
1: my uh, belt over my uh, coat all the time in uh, in respect to Star Wars characters. <laughs> is that weird?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, next. Luke Scott.
1: <laughs> Luke- See, Steve, all I need to do is just say something stupid, and that'll bring the conversation to a halt. We can move on.
4: Oh, well, I'm good at saying stupid stuff. All right, now that I know. Uh,
2: let's move on to the, um, in my opinion, the greatest vintage figure of all time, huh. Luke Skywalker. FX7. In ba- no. No. I was going to say,
4: wait a minute, Lobot's not in this wave. No. <laughs>
2: Luke Skywalker in Bespin fatigues. He came with not only a lightsaber but a blaster. Uh just an amazing just an amazing figure. It's clear oh gosh, my favorite.
4: Why? Why is it your favorite? I think
2: I think it's more, you know, and it may not be just the aesthetics of it, but I was so in tune with Luke Skywalker when I was a kid and I saw Empire when I was 8 years old and everything about it was just I I felt like I could see Star Wars through Luke, not through Han, you know, I and I just so identified with Luke and just the that figure when he's in the best in fatigues and he faces Vader really for the first time, everything about it just totally clicks for me. And I love the fact that they gave him a lightsaber, but I lost it, like, within an hour of getting the figure. Like, I think I lost it in the car, so I didn't have that for long. But I had the blaster for a little while longer. But uh, I just love Bespin Luke. Favorite vintage figure. I like him, too. Oh, I
1: do. He's great. He's got two weapons, for crying out loud. He's got a lightsaber, a yellow one, and he's got a... Blaster, and then he's got a blaster. Oh, he, uh, he's got a lightsaber hanging off his hip. Strangely enough. Yeah, and I
2: think they, I think they gave him that because they knew kids were going to lose that lightsaber. Like it's like it's a pre-lost item. Pretty. Well, much. I think
1: I have a Luke lightsaber still lodged in my <laughs> sinuses from childhood.
4: <laughs> yes. To this point, there hadn't been a figure that wields a lightsaber that wasn't like a telescoping thing out of its arm. Had there been? Absolutely,
1: them? Steve. Yeah. That's right. Right right i'm kind of glad they uh, got rid of that uh, gimmick there that was it was neat for the first figures uh, i don't know how long that would have uh, that would have made it so i'm glad this this was the cusp of the transition here
2: now oddly enough they kept the lightsaber yellow they they just they they just kept going with it, right? Yeah, well, whatever. I don't know. So it's just one of those weird enigmas. Ryan.
3: Not a figure I really had as a kid. If, if I had one, it was briefly like I'd traded another kid for it, so I never had the mm. weapons for it as a kid. Uh, I agree it's it's a cool figure there. I For me, there's some, some Jedi figures I, I think are better. I, I'd go with Jedi Luke over that. But um, I can see why people like this figure. It, it is a cool figure. It's It's well done. Um, it is a cool outfit. I mean, as we were just talking about the Muppet Show, where, where everybody tells uh, tells Luke they love his outfit. Who's his tailor? So, it, it, it is. It, it works. It's it's a nice figure. I I also agree. I'm glad they went away from the telescoping feature. I like the uh, the handheld lightsabers. Even if uh, you know you can replace them with one of those uh, uh, drink sword type things. Those plastic swords. After you lost your lightsaber.
1: That's <laughs> <really laughs> right. <laughs> uh, enough yellow ones of those around
3: (laughs) and green and blue and red right um but yeah i great figure i I do like it i like i said not something i really had as a kid but uh i definitely agree it's a cool figure
2: now ryan do you think the head on this luke is the exact same mold that they used on the uh the the first luke the tatooine luke you know i've never
3: looked at it close it looks
2: awfully similar i'm just Hmm. no i don't know uh chris oh yeah one, one of my favorite figures for sure from vintage
5: times um for some reason, the uh, I got the figure that had the uh, uh, the photo on the card back where he was kind of peeking around the corner, mm-hmm. um, and somehow that that photo just got so stuck with me that every time I watched Empire, I was just waiting for that one frame when he's like peeking around the corner. i like, "Oh yeah, that's where that's where he got the picture from." Um, I don't know why, but it just kind of stuck with me, and uh, you know, it's definitely one of my favorite figures. Like a lot of play value out of that one. The only thing that always ticked me off a little was that that yellow lightsaber just—he couldn't really hold the weapon well. Right. It would sit really, really loosely in his hands. Um, but yeah, that you know, that was not too big of a deal for me when I was a kid.
2: Just it bugged me, but I just kept playing with it anyway. So, an yeah, awesome figure. I've actually got mine with a little bit of poster putty. In his hand, so it holds his lightsaber a little better.
5: Well,
1: didn't you alternate between the lightsaber and the blaster, or was he both? was he coming at you with both. Mine's coming at you with both,
5: Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. same here. Oh, okay. Yeah, full weaponry, man. (laughs)
2: Yeah, got it. Take no
0: chances.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Steve Glosson. This is a staple figure uh, to me in any vintage collection. I say that because, of course, I had it, Um, and. I too lost a lightsaber, and I never used those little drink swords. I always used uh the party toothpicks that came in different colors. Oh, I used those too was, yeah. those those worked really
3: well Fancy. for the, for replacing the um the the telescoping saber yeah they shoes. did they,
4: yeah they did that as well, yeah, uh, but this guy was he was definitely one of one of my favorites to play with the the picture of him on the card, not the poking around the corner card but the one where he's kind of pointing his blaster at the camera, that to me is one of those still shots that's always been embedded in my mind. It's not actually anything that happened in the movie necessarily. Uh, it was definitely done as a publicity still, that, that sort of thing. But it's, it's there are a few images that are etched in my head that I associate with each movie, and that's one of the ones that when you say Empire Strikes Back, that immediately the, the film strip in my head, that flashes through there. And, and this is, you know, if you, if you were a kid collecting these toys, this is one you had to have because it's Luke on Bespin. It's Luke facing Vader face to face for the first time. And, um, and uh, oddly enough, uh, I did have a uh, Empire Strikes Back figure lose a hand. But it was not this Luke. It was, uh, it was my Empire Strikes Back Han Solo in, you know, in, his, in his blue vest and everything. But, uh, but this one, this guy kind of held up for a while for me. I think, my, I think my original Luke, this is the one figure I had that actually did lose his head. And, and so I had to find another one uh, down the road.
2: Anything else on Luke Skywalker vestment fatigues before we move on?
4: Who's this, Taylor? <laughs> That's right. So, so
2: what color is his jacket? <laughs> uh, next. The Rebel Soldier, and I will start with Ryan this time, just to throw things off.
3: Uh, yeah, I I think I actually had two or three of these as a kid. Apparently I needed to build my Rebel army or something, but uh, I was not one of those. I, I've heard lots of stories where people doubled him as their Hoth Luke before the Hoth Luke came out. Mm-hmm. I, I never did that. I, I, he was always just a soldier. But at the same time, it, it, well, I, I could say I had it a, after the Hoth Luke came out anyway, but I didn't have the Hoth Luke as a kid, so... But I'd seen the figure, I knew it looked much different, um, because the Hofflu, of course, has the molded, um, visor on his chest and everything, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, not the most exciting figure, he's, you know, pretty plain, he's just a, a trooper, and there he is, I, I think this is, you know, when, when I talked about the holiday special, and Gus would, would bet us, uh, if, uh, if we could make it through the holiday special, uh, he would give us a vintage figure. I think I got a, a, a Hawk Rebel Trooper for that. But that's yeah. about all I can say about him.
2: <laughs> an army builder.
3: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Tom. This was actually <laughs> getting all sentimental here. I, uh, I like this figure. I think this is one of my favorite figures in this wave. Um, for me, he did uh, double as Luke. And uh, not only was he an army builder, he had cool uh, details – in my opinion and uh, he was just a he was just a cool dude I think uh, there's a few people that uh, agree with me as well I know Brock Walker
0: he's right
1: a big, uh, he's a big rebel soldier fan and I can see why he's a uh, he's a cool guy really nice detailing and uh, those goggles up on his uh, um, uh, brim of his uh, the whatever that snow hat or whatever mm-hmm Someone's gonna probably send me an email saying that I'm an idiot for not saying it right, but Jeez, Tom, it's a snow battle helmet. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Um, I can't tell you why, guys. He's just one of my favorites in the in the uh, in the wave here.
2: Do you like cool do figure? You, do you like the fact that he came with that Bespin blaster, or does it not really matter?
1: Nah, it doesn't matter to me. No. Now, actually, you know it's funny because uh, the uh, the these guys in the trench they had all the big guns, so go figure. Yeah, he would have done pretty well probably with one of the larger guns. So, I mean, the the choices for weapons on these were kind of all over the place, but uh, mm-hmm. he's one of my favorites. So, yeah, really cool guy,
4: Steve. Um, this guy spent a lot of time, and I know we're not talking about it, but he spent a lot of time in my Rebel turret place Uh, Oh yeah,
2: that seems uh, natural Yeah, Yeah. he was
4: up there And um, taking out some some bad guys With a big gun Uh, I just For for whatever reason The whole line of the Hoth figures From from the Han Solo Right through to the Leia uh, They always just fit together So well to me And they seem to be the most conducive To having kind of a team together I just always really dug him, and this guy just fit right in there. I never used him as a Luke either. Uh, I had the Luke; I still have the Luke, which is an incredible sculpt. I know you guys will talk about that on a future show, but um, to me, that Hoth Luke is one of the best uh, Kenner figures from from before the Return of the Jedi line started to come out. But uh, but this guy, you know, and it and it's odd that you got a Rebel Hoth trooper, but you never got uh, a Rebel guy from uh, Star Wars. That you never got one of those guys from the tan of four, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I, I, I'm not sure why they never got to that, but another uh, another weird mystery. We'll never know, Chris. Yeah, I agree with you guys.
5: It's a fantastic figure. Um, I love playing with it when I was a kid. It still looks great, actually. Yeah, I, I wish they would have released um, different versions of this guy. You know, maybe a little differently painted or something like that. But yeah, I, I love that figure when I was a kid. So got nothing more to add to that.
4: So. Well, let me, let me ask you guys this, because it also might be something that comes up on a, on a future episode, and I don't want to steal the future episodes under. There's another Hoth soldier that's, like, all white. That wasn't yeah, a that's very... That's right, important. the there guy with the mustache.
3: The rebel yeah. general, Cliff Clavin, yeah.
4: Okay, so mm-hmm. that's, that's a whole... That, he is a def, He's a different figure altogether. Yeah,
3: it's called the rebel
4: general.
1: Yes,
2: yeah. I thought he was in this wave, too. No, he's not no? on, the, not on really? the 30... No, we're just doing the uh, 31 back... Oh, wow! I could've sworn, my gosh, okay, uh-huh. he is not.
4: To I think he's an inferior figure to this one by the way, though <laughs> that all white he looks like something that uh that Ralphie's mom dressed him from the Christmas <laughs> <before>. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: well, not to get too far off of it either, but him and the Luke also came with that really weird gun,
4: yeah. oh with shoulder sling that would sling yeah, him.
0: yeah.
3: It was cool that you could put it on their on on over their arm, but it made no sense in looking at the movie, especially Luke. But
2: okay, um, I didn't have this figure growing up. Um, only got it maybe in the n- mid '90s, but uh, I think it is cool, and I I do like it better than the uh, the Cliff the Cliff version. The <laughs> yeah, I bubble, do too. You know? I like this. I like this guy. He's cool. He's I quick. like the card back. It just is so. Nice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, getting a little bit – getting off vintage for just a sec, the updated version that they did a uh, year or two ago, also very cool.
3: Different card back, though. They changed the picture, which was
1: weird. Yeah,
2: yeah. but it was nice that they did the uh, the color scheme really look
1: cool. Yeah. It works. You know, when I'm looking at these figures on <coughs> Bing, <laughs> these crappy modern figures keep – messing up my
4: feed here maybe i should go to
1: maybe i should go to google and not uh maybe that'll
4: just filter out some of this
1: vintage modern
4: crap put in vintage rebel snow soldier and then just take a 1980 on the end of it that'll filter it right out (laughs) oh let me try that let me try
1: that let me try that in bing steve moving on
2: look at that look at that (laughs) yeah it worked what do Hmm. you know moving on we have the uh the cloud city security guard um, and actually, that, that's another name where they kind of change it. It's, uh, I think, on the card back it just says Bespin Security Guard. It's another thing where the catalog variation has a little different, a uh, different take on the name. But the uh, the first Bespin Guard. Let's start with Tom again. Which one do we want to talk about? Because there's two. Wh- which one came out first? The white one. All right. Let's talk about him. Let's only uh, talk about him. We'll get to the the uh, the uh, the black the black uh, Bespin Guard. We'll talk about later. No, he came out in a different wave i believe didn't he right well yeah he's on a future show he's yeah on, he's on like on episode 22 or something I don't okay
1: know. okay <laughs> um yeah this was great I, I always thought he was you know i don't know kind of kind of boring not as cool as the Hoth soldier but uh you know he was okay he was mm-hmm. one of those weird background guys uh, definitely the Hoth soldier saw a lot more action but uh he was okay in his own right i don't have much to much to add for this fellow unfortunately
5: yeah that's that's exactly how i feel about it too um but i did like him having i did like to have him in my background so you know whenever i did set up my my bespin little things there where i played the whole scenes there he was always there so um kind of helped to to play out the scene better even though i've never really played with the figure itself that much i, th- I don't think um so cool background figure but Not as cool as uh, some of the other figures that they released in this wave. Uh, Ryan.
3: Um, Again, I think I had a couple of these as a kid. I I don't know why I got Army Builders when I was a kid.
5: I never had off
3: Luke or Bespin Luke. It's kind of odd. But maybe I I was the dumping ground for some other kids or something. Who knows? Anyway, um, kind of... I don't know. I I, I'm gonna go there and say he's kind of a boring figure. I mean, the bestman guards themselves didn't do much in the movie, and you know, this guy he was always when I positioned him, he was never one in the middle of the battle. He was one who was you know guarding something. He'd just be standing next to the door or something, not not doing much there. And it's also looking back, looking at the figure now, the the gold trim on his his uniform. Do any of you guys have a figure that has a really nice gold trim on it?
2: Yeah, when I first got him. Somehow I do, but uh, okay. I don't know how. So you, yeah. 'Cause
3: because every one of them, I I have like four or five of them now, and all of them you could barely
2: tell there's a gold trim there. It's pretty much all blue. So. Yeah, that gold paint does rub off quite easy. Yeah, the, the other Bespin guard I have the um the uh, the African American version his uh his gold is gone completely. gone. Yeah, yeah. you mean the African Bespinian version? <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome, Steve. <laughs> uh. Wow, I don't know if that's gonna make it in, but it's <laughs> good stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> Steve, any thoughts on the Bespin Guard
4: figure? I don't know what boring figure you guys are talking about because <laughs> I love this guy. Um, I, I honestly, I'm, I pulled up a picture here on on uh, on Google instead of Bing. I need to get I need to get with the times and start using <laughs> Bing search. But um, I didn't realize he ha- like I pulled this up and this picture. He has this nice gold trim, and I'm like. Well, that's not a vintage one. What is it? Because I don't remember mine ever having gold trim. That's how much it got played with. I do, I will tell you this, that the joints on this figure got loose quicker than just about any other figure I had except for a Death Star droid. And, um, and, and he's always been really loosey goosey on his joints as far as I, you know, as, as far as I remember. But he got a lot of playtime because this cat, when uh, when Lando got ready to take off with the team, he's like, "Lando, take me with you. I want to join the rebellion." And that's how I always incorporated him into the play. Mm-hmm. I just never had a name for him. I just always called him, "Okay, guard, come with us." You know that kind of thing as a as a kid. Right. Um, but uh, but I I don't like this guy. I don't know if it was his mustache or or that weird hat, but for some reason, these security guards captured my imagination as a kid. I just I was like, "Who are these guys?" And, and again, Star Wars figures are one of those things. I used to sit with my older sister, and I would take these, these tertiary characters, and I would say, is this a good guy or a bad guy? I held up Hammerhead. Is this a good guy or a bad guy? She's like, he's not a good guy or a bad guy. I'm like, no, nah, he looks like a bad guy. And I would hold up the best. Is he a good guy or a bad guy? He's not really a good guy or a bad guy. And I could not understand that. And, and there's no other franchise in the history of franchises that has had the success with, well, here's someone that was standing in the background. Go ahead, have him. And kids just beat eat them up. Yeah. Yeah. I could never get into that hat. I think
1: Lando just felt sorry for the uh, guys in the uh, food court in Bespin and said, listen, let's get some of these guys that work at the Bespin Corn Dog on a stick. Let's get those guys out and uh, help me out with uh, some of these stormtroopers out here. That's what
4: happened. When he became the administrator of Cloud City through whatever means he did, he walked in on the first day. One of these guards walked up to him. He's like, Hello, what have we here? He, he was just—he was confused by this mushroom hat they had on him. He's like, I'm sorry, you belong in Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> I think it looks like a
1: corn dog on a stick hat, doesn't it, Ryan? <laughs> what do you think?
3: it was a uh, bantha on a stick, isn't it? Or...
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Good evening. All right, next we have Bosk, which I always thought his name was Boss. Until I, uh, I don't know if I just couldn't read or what, but I thought his name was Boss. I don't you know why. You didn't see the uh, <laughs> the sneak preview commercial? I heard it, and I heard it as Boss. Like that's what it. Sounded oh, really? Like. Yeah, that's oh. what it sounded like to me. Um, huh. So for the first year this guy was out, I considered his name as Boss. I figured I think I saw you know I saw that this figure was previewed before the movie came out, and I thought he was kind of going to be in charge of something, something evil. But eh, he didn't end up doing a whole lot in the movie. But uh, the figure's pretty cool. Tom, what do you think?
1: Uh, he's okay. He had a cool weapon. Lizard dude. I don't know. It's He's a bounty hunter. That pretty much sums it up, boys. <laughs> Good night, everybody.
5: <laughs> Chris. <laughs> yeah, oh, I think Bosk is uh, an awesome I figure. I love how he holds his uh, weapon. Um, it fits perfectly. That's one of these figures where I've never lost the weapon because was just really able to hold on to it well. That is true. Um, and I really like his his face i think first of all i think the whole figure is sculpted really nicely but when you look at his his face you'll notice like to me some of these vintage kind figures look like they're smiling and bosk is one of them mm-hmm. um i don't know if you guys have the figure uh, in front of you but when you take a closer look it kind of looks like he's smiling at you
2: yeah he he definitely looks like he's smiling
5: even Definitely though, so. doesn't
2: look like a bounty
1: hunter, boys. Yeah.
2: <laughs> not not intimidating, no.
1: Yeah, yeah. He looks yeah. like a friendly neighborhood little lizard guy. That'll blow your he face actu- off. He actually
2: looks like he could be uh, at the uh, holiday special. He looks that, like a friendly alien guy.
5: Right, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, awesome figure. Yeah. Uh, Ryan?
2: Uh, yeah, this is one of the figures
3: I always liked as a kid. He, he looks great. Um, I, I know I said this when we talked about Snaggletooth before, but that, uh, for some reason... Snaggletooth and Bosk were always together cuz it was so for me it was like Bosk was Snaggletooth's dad or something. And um it kind of went that way. I was always intrigued by his flight suit and how it looks a lot like a uh, an X-wing flight suit, but it's yellow. Uh, I thought that was very interesting on the character, but it was like he grabbed somebody's flight suit but it didn't quite fit on him cuz it only went to like his knees and you know to his elbows. Like he 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 has his, it's too small on him really, but uh it's a cool figure for a cool character. I, I like it. Mrs.
1: Bosk shouldn't have thrown his outfit in the dryer. Yeah, the that,
2: that's it. Yeah, there you go. How did he get that thing on with those arms, though?
1: I, I don't know. Mrs. Bosk, once again, had to help
2: <laughs> before he got to
1: before he went to work whenever <laughs> he comes home.
2: Seriously, look at those sleeves. How did those fit over his arms? Zipping right. <laughs>
4: uh, Steve. Steve. This figure as a child was my white whale. Um, I had him. I remember getting him. I remember where I was when I, when I first had him. And when I used to travel and go on vacation with my parents and stuff, th- my case of figures went with me. Um, it, I was, I was Andy from Toy Story, guys. I, my figures, my, my toys meant the world to me. And, uh, and so I would take Star Wars figures with me when we'd go on vacation, that sort of thing. And we were in Brunswick, Georgia. I picked him up, I had him, I was excited about him, and he is lost somewhere on St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Um, and and for years, I was like, oh, I wish I had that Bosque again. And I was so excited when I was finally able to pick up a vintage Bosque because I just always dug this figure, and I missed having him in, in my collection um, after losing him. And, uh, I, I, I too love the gun. I love the sawed off shotgun feel of it. I love the way that it fits in his hand and that it is hard to lose because he grips it so well. Um, and let's be honest, the, he, Bosk is one of the reasons. He's, he's one of, you know, what, five or six reasons that everyone thinks bounty hunters in the Star Wars universe are so cool. It's a, a, a 30 second scene. We see him snarl at an Imperial officer. And then we see the cast of characters that he's lined up with and bounty hunters rule. And because he's got that unique look, he is in an empire, especially an empire, which was devoid of a lot of alien characters. You know, he was someone that really stood out. You know, had he been in the cantina, you might not have noticed him as much or he might not have been that big of a deal. But because he stood on the bridge of a Star Destroyer in amongst all these other human figures and uh he just he really stuck out. And that yellow flight suit, however he got it on, I think it's been on most of his life probably. He probably just grew into it. And um, it's just I always thought it was so cool. And in my mind as a kid, because I knew he was a bad guy, he was definitely a bad guy. Uh, I always thought, well, he he killed a, a, a rebel pilot and took his suit.
2: That, that makes sense. Yep. And <laughs> had a hard time getting that suit on. He insisted
4: on wearing that damn thing, though, (laughs) didn't he? That's right. Guys, I I killed a man for it. I've got to wear it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's move on to FX7. Yep. Tom, what do you think of FX7?
1: I have a story about FX7. We were uh, in Enterprise, Oregon, not far from where we spent way too many a weekend away from my friends and away from our house. My dad insisted on... camping and and doing all that good stuff um was at a uh safeway and uh of course you know back then you could get figures anywhere i uh ended up with a uh uh fx7 uh one one beautiful day in 1980 and uh i i thought he was weird i thought he was lame but then i discovered that you could kind of Spider out his, uh, I don't know how many legs he's got. What like twelve legs or something like that. Um, his little top pops up a little bit, a couple of uh, you know, a couple of millimeters above the uh, the uh, resting position. There. God, I, what, what can I say? He's he's a lame figure, but he's got a special place in my heart because this is actually one of the very few figures I actually remember getting when I was a kid. All the details of the fact that I, I got it, where I got it, when I got it. Um, card back is really striking. I like that blue um, background, and then you've got the the figure just kind of by itself. Now that I think about it, a really
2: strange choice for
1: a figure. I
2: agree, um, especially for the first wave of Empire.
1: Right. Even though I was, you know, I thought the same when I was a kid, but uh, I was I was. I was happy to add him
2: into my collection, and uh, and there he was. When uh, when this figure came out, it was the first wave, like I said. And um, At the point when Empire figures started coming out, I gave up the dream that I would have every Star Wars figure because I knew I just wasn't going to be able to get them all, that I would never convince my parents to get all the figures for me. So I kind of had to start picking and choosing, and I have to say FX7 was definitely on the let's not get this figure list and let's get Luke or... Or snow trooper or somebody, so I never had this figure as a kid, so I don't have much attachment to it.
0: But well, yeah.
1: clearly that, uh, clearly that uh, Safeway in Enterprise, Oregon was <laughs> was filled <laughs> was filled with peg warmers that yeah. day. That's all yeah. I could
2: say. Yeah. But you know, now looking back on him, he he is pretty cool, and I agree, Tom. He's got a lot of cool little parts, and maybe I would have enjoyed him as a kid if I ever did get him, but didn't get him. Uh, Ryan, what's your experience with FX7?
3: Ah, uh, this is a figure I, I've had since I was a kid. Only his claw arm was lost or chewed off by the dog or something when I was a kid. It was only recently I actually picked up an FX7 that's wholly complete. Um, you know, looking back at the figure, it's it's a fairly good representation of the character, and you know that. But that being said, this is an action figure. I mean, it's got all these arms that still that can stick out and do nothing really, you know? There's no to denying that down. this
1: was just a really lame choice.
3: It, it is such an odd yeah, very odd figure for them to do. I mean, it's a different design. It's a different design for a droid. Um and and, and so that's kind of interesting. And he was featured in, in scenes with uh with Luke and stuff like that. But it's such an odd choice for this and, and I you know you could tell why it was a pig warmer. And you look at that vintage card back and it's just it's FX seven in front of a star field. I mean, they they didn't couldn't even put him in the bed bay and Hoth. You know, there with Luke. I mean, might that have sold the figure better if they had Luke on the card with him? I I don't know, but it's it is a very odd choice for figure. And Hasbro didn't even remake this figure until two thousand one, I believe it was. And, and Hasbro's only done one of them in, in that. So Hasbro took their time getting to it. Is so it's. But but Kenner got right to him, the first thirty one, there he is. <laughs>
1: do you think fi- uh, FX seven <laughs> looks more like an
2: accessory than a figure? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you just think uh, do you think Kenner maybe was led to believe or just thought that this character might have something more to do in the movie besides sit there and
3: look like a battery with arms.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'd like to be at the meeting where they were deciding, okay, we've got this new you know the next star wars movie is coming out we gotta we gotta make this first wave and someone said let's do that guy yeah but you know (laughs) uh chris what are your thoughts on fx7 um yeah i had
5: the figure when i was a child but i never really knew what to do with it really because he the figure just didn't quite fit in with the uh the action scenes that i played with played you know um, and I thought that the, the vintage cartback, that the photo on the cartback was just really confusing with, with the droid like floating in space. And um, I couldn't really place the figure um, anywhere in the movie because back then, you know, I had only seen the movie uh, maybe twice or so. And I wasn't quite sure if, if there really was that that droid that we briefly saw there um, in, in the whole back to the tank scene. So it was just a really weird figure for me. And it was just, just odd. Um, so, yeah, not too fond of that that figure. I
1: mean, even two one B had lines. This guy didn't. He may, maybe percolated a little bit
2: in the background, but that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. S- Steve, your thoughts on FX
4: seven? FX seven for me is is an exercise in how you capture a kid's imagination. Um, I had this figure, and there were a lot of things about this figure that just wigged me out. Uh, the idea that he looked as tall as a regular sized figure, but in the in the old vinyl cases that you had, you know, with the two trays, uh, he fit in the short uh, one that was reserved for like a Jawah or an Ewok or a or an R two D two figure. Are you serious? Yeah, it always blew my mind. I'm like, how is this happening right now? Wow. I, <laughs> oh my- Steve, I didn't realize Steve, that, Steve.
2: Steve, if I had known. Um, that maybe I would have wanted this figure more, because I always felt like there were a few too many short spots in the cases I <laughs> well,
4: had. <laughs> well, and, and, and the thing, and it just kind of always tripped me out, and, and the arms that would pop out on him in the way, and so, and I, like Chris, never saw this guy in the movie, uh, because my, my most vivid memories of actually seeing Empire for the longest time as a kid was not in widescreen, screen. This movie came out when I was three years old. I fell asleep about the time Luke got a- attacked by the Wampa and woke up about the time he was being told that Darth Vader was his father. You know, I was just a little, little kid. and But I had these toys. And as I started playing, I'm like, I don't remember. Where did they come in? And I'm going through my through my trading card set, you know, of all the trading cards I had from Empire Strikes Back. And they were all dog-eared and messed up where I just would always flip through them and look at these pictures. And and you could kind of see him here. And you kind of knew what was going on. But you're like, what is, what is this thing? And... I just, I was always figuring out, trying to figure out where can I put this guy? What is his deal? What is his situation? And I could never let go. And I and I could never bring myself to say, wow, this is a lame figure. So much so that when Hasbro and their Power of the Jedi line back in 2001, and when it came out, they were having an FX7 come out. I was so stoked. I'm like, that's amazing. FX (laughs) seven. And and he, and like, I had to get to the store to pick him up because I, this, this, for whatever reason, this little guy, because of this figure has captured my imagination, my entire life about almost it's because the head moving up and down, the arms moving in and out, the little claw hand. And, um, and all I know for sure that he did in Empire was just stick that thing to the edge of the, not even into a port on the back of the tank, just kind of thump, you know, right up against <laughs> the wiggle wake Luke up. And I'm like, what is he doing? What is this thing? Is he on loan from Buck Rogers? Because there's a robot in Buck Rogers in the, in the later part of the series that reminds me a lot of FX7. And I'm like, this, this is, is wigging me out.
1: Right. <laughs> Funny.
4: Learn to love this figure. He looks like an overgrown espresso
1: machine. <laughs> yes.
3: Yeah. You, you know, I'm wondering, you, you were saying about you know, the the Hasbro or the the Kenner meeting deciding what characters to do in the line. I, I wonder if there was a decision in that, you know, their previous figures, they just done the Cantina Aliens,
0: uh-huh. and
3: those had sold well or whatever and they wanted, like, something that looked a little different. So, I, I mean, we have Bosk in here, and So many of the Empire characters, as we said, are are humans. There's not many aliens in Empire. And maybe they just wanted something that was unique and different looking in the line. uh, Mm -hmm.
2: Because those Cantina characters are sold so well. Who knows? And then they actually figured out that he didn't do much. And they said, well, maybe we could have this robot, like, fly through space and chase the rebels.
4: (laughs) 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 But it says medical droid on the card. It says FX7, parentheses, medical droid. Yeah.
3: I got jettisons from the uh, the transport
2: after it left off. <laughs> and I know we'll get to two one B later, but I would have led with two one B.
3: Yeah, me too. I definitely.
1: Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah, that would have made sense. Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh well,
1: there he is. Make me uh, make me an espresso.
2: Finishing out this wave of figures, we have IG eighty eight. One of the taller figures comes with two weapons. He's pretty cool. I could never decide if what the front of his face was. I guess it's those two little i guess those are eyes poking out. I don't know Tom I guess those were eyes weren't they yeah I don't, I don't know great great figure
1: <laughs> loved him definitely liked him better than f x seven and and Bossk combined
4: oh, wow. wow big figure hey, uh, talk- excuse
2: me a big big blaster, small blaster. T- Tom, I'm gonna interrupt you just for a second. So would okay. you would you do a would you do a playground trade if some kid said, I'll give you this IG eighty eight for your bosque and your FX seven? You'd, you'd say yeah. Oh, two for one? Forget it. No, you're crazy? Okay. okay. So you don't truly like him better than both combined.
1: Well, I, I do, <laughs> but I'm not gonna trade I'm not gonna trade two figures for one figure. You're nuts.
2: Okay. Go ahead. Yes.
1: Oh, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. <laughs> um yeah. It's good. You know, he's he's cool. I think as far as coolness goes, he's number two behind Boba Fett as far as the coolness factor for uh, uh, Bounty Hunters go. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it.
5: Chris? Yeah, it's a great figure. You know, I remember playing with it uh, at the playground, and when I played with this, I always moved him very slowly because I always thought that he's a robot. He can't move fast, you know. And then what do you know? Shadows of the Empire comes out, and you have IG88 just like chomping around and then hunting down, uh, you know, trying to get to Boba uh, Boba Fett and uh, Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just kind of totally threw me off. <laughs> but, how did uh, you,
1: hey Chris? How did you say IG88 in uh, in German? I
5: have no idea. What did you say? What did you call them? I think I would say IG 88 There you go. But now oh, that yeah. you uh, oh, mention it, I don't really remember what I called them back then. Huh. um yeah
2: are those his eyes chris those does he have eyes i what do
5: you think he does have eyes yeah i but that's something i just noticed um you know a few years ago when i took some close-up shots of some of the modern figures Mm -hmm. um but when i was a child i never noticed that he that those were eyes at all and then you know like in the clone wars they have a a similar droid right the ig86 versions yeah and they jump around like crazy too yeah that was kind of
1: jarring for me to watch well how Guys, quickly. IG-88, he actually has eyes all around his... He's like his spider. He's got he, those little red-orange-ish little dots around his head. Those are the eyes. Those were. That's what I always thought of the eyes
2: being. See, he's got two little... Um... He's got those protrusions. Yeah, I, right. was, I, I don't know. I don't know. Huh. It probably doesn't matter, but I wonder about it sometimes. Uh, Ryan, what do you think about IG-88? <laughs>
3: I'll weigh in on his eyes. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, those are his eyes. I, if if you guys have like the twelve inch that have been done, like the 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 Kenner twelve inch as well as the uh, the sideshow and the Hasbro twelve inch, uh, you can tell those are eyes. It's it's definitely supposed to be the front of his head and, and all that. So yeah, those are his eyes. This is an awesome figure. It was one of the to me one of the best sculpts in the vintage line. Uh, they did a great job with him. He, he, such a cool looking character, and it's so funny, because everybody likes IG-88, and yet all he was was, you know, basically a prop on the set, uh, you know, it just was, stood there, <laughs> he did nothing in the movie, at least Boss, you know, growled an Imperial officer and moved
0: his right. foot. no, his IG-88, head moved a
3: little bit, I think. Yeah, his head moved, yeah, it's like, what? But he looked so darn cool, and he came with two guns, I mean, come on, you know, when we had figures that, you know, might come with one gun, or maybe nothing at all, like 3PO or something, it This guy came with two guns, and one of them was a big gun. You know, I was like, oh, this guy must be cool because he has two guns. (laughs) And the the sculpt was so good that I'm pretty sure when they came up with the Shadows of the Empire uh, figures, that was basically the vintage mold just slightly retooled when they did that figure in 96.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. Um,
3: Yeah, and and they didn't really update that until the vintage uh, card figure that Hasbro did because they even did another IG-88 in 2001. I think it was still pretty much the same mold. Mm-hmm. but uh i I think he 's an awesome figure um you know again, surrounded by mystery, much like Boba fett we didn 't know much about him. I know there's a couple books that went into more about him, and he ended up being uh in the brain of the Death Star or something like that, some weird crap, but
2: um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the death Star
3: too, right yeah uh, death star too, yeah, yeah gar- was, garbage was like tales of the bounty hunters or something but <laughs> yeah that that was kind of strange, but he, he was cool in Shadows of the Empire though um. Yeah, a very, very cool vintage figures, one of my favorites. And, of course, he was really tall, so we liked him for that, too. Uh,
4: Steve? Uh, IG88 was um, one of those figures that I just I love to look at. I love to hold him. Uh, the, the sculpt, as you guys were talking about, was so – Kenner would do this stuff sometimes when they when, when they would sculpt things, I, where you could just kind of get lost in seeing all the little pieces and all the little things here and there. Um Again, I know I'm jumping ahead, but the Dagobah playset, you know, you used, I used to just sit around and look and see all the little snakes and chameleons and, and little things I could find that were molded into that playset there. And with IG-88, I would just look and, you know, and in like the joints of his arms, you know, you you just know those are like little rubber tubing things and, and, and the cylinders all around his chest and all. And, and, and yeah, his eyes there are those two protrusions. I always thought the one at the very top, the one that protruded at the very top was kind of an eye and, or the red dots where the, you know, I always thought of those as all being, being some type of eyes or something. And, um, and then he was part of one of my favorite, uh, uh, cards. A big part of my collecting as a kid was not just the toys, but the trading cards as well. And, uh, and, and particularly with the empire strikes back trading cards, I just, had tons and tons of those things and one of my favorites that i could always look at was that i I would just stop and kind of stare at that was was the one with him and boba fett and and it simply said ig88 and boba fett (laughs) And, and yeah and i would just try to figure out who is this cat what is his deal are they friends are they enemies Obviously, he's a bad guy because he's in there with that lineup with Boba Fett. Are do those guys work together? What's the situation? Because I didn't understand bounty hunters as a five year old. You know, I just, I was, I just knew they were after the good guys. And, uh, when Shadows of the I got to tell you, I'm one of the few people that was kind of disappointed by some of the characterizations in Shadows of the Empire. And with IG 88 being one of those, because I, because they seemed to me to strip away some of his personality. He was a little too cool, cold and droid like in a world where we've had, you know, where we had droids cussing at other droids and that sort of thing in some weird language. And, um, where you have a droid like C3PO who has a personality, who has, uh, you know, borderline emotions. And so, uh, so I was a little disappointed by that. Not that I was disappointed by the overall story of Shadows of the Empire, but, Um, but it was just never, it was one of those situations where it didn't line up with what my imagination was. He was, in my imagination, this was a cold guy. He was calculating, but he was never like a robot cold. He was, you know, he was just programmed to be just, uh, you know, as bad as Boba Fett, really. And, uh, and always, he used to always hitch some rides on the old slave one, guys.
2: (laughs) I always thought that he was kind of destroyed on Bespin because there's that scene where the, um, the, uh, uh, the Ugnaughts are like... Yeah. They guys, yeah, they've got C-3PO like in pieces. And it looks like it's IG-88 that's all mangled yeah. behind them. So I always figured... There's figure...
1: definitely a IG-88-like robot back there
4: in front of the furnace. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I don't, I don't... <laughs> what if Lucas's intention was that he had taken IG-88 out? <laughs> yeah. In, be... in
3: fact, in the uh, the... EU stuff I was talking about earlier I seem to remember there were like 4 IG88s and yeah that was that was one destroyed on Bespin or something so
2: yeah, I always see IG88 as just one character same as 21b I always figure there's just one 21b he just travels the galaxy and but, yeah. but then you know I you know I think I always say that the 21b in Empires the same 21b that's in Revenge of the Sith and the same you know same 21b that's in the Rebel Briefing Room it's just the same guy well, the one in Revenge of the Sith actually looks different.
4: Well, he's the same guy—the yeah. same two-one B that got ripped apart by Jabba in Return of the Jedi. Uh, That's actually well. Yeah, <laughs> I think the Rebels
2: had to go back for him, put him back together, <laughs> and then
4: take him to
2: the Rebel briefing. I just—I I don't know. But um, and then you—but then when you get to the Clone Wars, you clearly see that there's a ton of two-one Bs. That kind of I couldn't I couldn't uh, I couldn't I couldn't uh, keep the story going in my head once I saw that. I had to finally accept that there's more than one 2 B. Another show. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, wow, guys, that does wrap up the uh, first wave from 1980's Empire Strikes Back line. One thing we can clearly
1: say here, guys, is we're kind of moving away from, you know, granny swimsuit, hammerhead. We're going to the more
2: screen-accurate figures here.
0: Definitely. With this wave. Mm-hmm.
2: This is I think this is the final wave where they use the uh the vinyl capes. Is that right? Does anybody know if
4: there's any after that? I think this is it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the only other cape like thing is it would be uh with prune face and Luke right. and uh, and Land and General Lando Cause, uh, the power of the force. Because when he they gets- get to like four L O M he gets a
3: Yeah
4: cloth outfit.
3: And and the Ugnot had <laughs> a cloth apron.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is this is the uh, farewell to the vinyl capes. Right. Absolutely. Well that will wrap up this show. Remember you can contact us at galaxyoftoys at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash galaxy Listen to us on iTunes or Zune, right? <laughs> so I want to thank everyone for being on the show tonight. From I grew up O.T. Curmudgeon Tom? Sorry I was late, everybody. Another fun show. Thanks. That's okay. Ryan did a good job of filling in for you.
0: <laughs> I can
2: I can hardly <laughs> wait. I can hardly wait. <laughs> From JediBusiness.com, Chris B. Hey,
5: guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, Steve, thanks for coming on.
2: It's fun yeah,
5: listening you, to
2: you. Yeah. And uh, I'll talk to you guys next time. From Bendham to the Black Series, he collects them all, our good friend Ryan.
3: Thanks for having me once again. Always a pleasure.
2: And from Geek Out Loud, we finally got him on the show, Steve Glossen.
4: Guys, thanks for having me. And uh, real quick, I'm going to make some plugs for myself. You can check out Geek Out Loud at GeekOutPodcast.com. Um there you'll find all the links to the various shows that we do under the Geek Out Loud banner. Uh Mark Out Loud, which is a wrestling show, Know What I'm Saying, which is just kind of a, a talk show with me and my friend Carl, who's also a big Star Wars fan and um
2: carl from the wampas lair right yeah yeah
4: yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh and and all the stuff we do there geekoutpodcast.com and geek out loud is is proud we're proud to be a part of the shot glass digital radio family which is a host of all kinds of great podcasts of course rebel force radios over there the Bondcast, uh techno retro dads um and of course and geek out loud as well shot glass digital com go check those guys out and all the different programming they have over there There's something just about for everybody uh, at Shot Glass Digital so thanks guys for having me on when are we going to talk now the next wave I don't know all right well I'll be there we will we so, will get you back
2: and Steve I also <laughs> wanted to say I really like your uh, Steve's in addition to your Steve's Star Wars Corner I like the uh, the Steve's Star Wars Minute that you've been doing on uh, Star Wars Report well, Star Wars Report yeah I've those are good, fun
4: yeah Riley well, the sad thing is is Riley he, when he started that idea he's like yeah, I'll give you a little bit of warning and kind of tell you what we're talking about, so you can work something up. Mm-hmm. And the last few times he's gotten in touch with me, there's been no warning. He'll he'll text me about forty five minutes before he calls, like, "Hey, can you do a Star Wars minute tonight?" I'm like, "Yes, yeah, sure." <laughs> and then I get a call from a weird number in California uh, because it's a Skype number, and uh, and and we're off to the races. So I'm having to make stuff up, but I have a good time doing that yeah. uh, with those guys. Those
2: are those are definitely fun. Um, okay well that is it for the show my name's Jason good night but not goodbye just one more round friend then homeward bound
4: friend don't forget me in your dreams just one more song friend and then so long friend